How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. Great episode for y'all today. We have an interview with Ave Maria head basketball coach, uh, Coach Copeland. Uh, great interview with him. Talk about not only this year at Ave Maria, talk a little bit about when he first got to Ave, and he's going to obviously talk about this crazy Sun Conference. Manny, uh, this is, we are going to have Coach Copeland on. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Ave Maria people are tuning in to listen. Uh, they've had a great season. The Florida Memorial just showed why they're the best. They're why they are one of the sixteen best teams in the country. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there right now. You know, I told I, I said I would do it, and I got to do it. You know, when gotta, gotta eat some out, humble pie. Gotta eat some humble pie. Got to, and, I, and obviously, you know, it was this was a conversation we had me and you on, on on text, and I just said I was like, look, the rankings came out, and I was I was surprised. I was surprised that they not only stayed top twenty five, but they moved up. And I know it's a lot of things that go into it. It's not just how a specific team plays. Um, and obviously, I'm not as well versed in like the entire landscape of the basketball world in the NAIA, but I'm just thinking, you know, you lose to Warner, you, you do beat St. Thomas, that's a good win at home when you were down pretty much the entire game, and then you kind of barely get out of the Coastal game, so I was a little shocked, you know, maybe they were going to stay top 25, but I didn't think they were going to move up the way they did. Meanwhile, Ave doesn't even get in the top 25, so I'm thinking this is going to be a great one. This is, I think, I honestly think the, the committee was like, yo, let's add a little spice to this one tonight, <laughs> let, let's, let's really get into it. I did not see this coming. I really didn't. I was so shocked when I saw the final score. I looked at the stats. I was like, you know what? Flomo understood the mission. They understood what they needed to do, and they went out and did it in dramatic fashion, I would say. Yeah, I mean, for Ave Maria, is what Coach Copeland said in the in the interviews. We uh, we talked to him right, right after the, the game, and they expect a bad night to go cold. I mean, seven for 42 from behind the arc. Uh, and then you look at Far Memorial, they go six for 19 and they kill them on rebounding 48 to 36. I mean, that's the recipe for beating Ave. Have them have a shooting night like this. Cause I mean, defensively, for Ave Maria to hold a team to 80 points, you got to feel pretty confident if you're the Gyrenes defensively. But for Memorial, I mean, credit to them defensively. They were physical. I think that's that's how you beat a team like Ave Maria. You got to beat them physically. That's what Florida Memorial did. Now, do I think this, this is a kind of blueprint to beat Ave Maria? I'd be real dangerous uh, to say that because how many teams this conference have the personnel to be able to do that is a big thing. Florida Memorial definitely does. It'll be interesting to see because this isn't the uh, – I know we get, get to see him at least one more time i got feeling we're gonna see him a couple more times that's very true i mean the only thing i will say and i said it you know a few weeks back is like i want to see what happens when abe goes cold i want to see what happens and this shows me that they are the definition of we're gonna live and die by the three-point line and i mean i get it they're a very good shooting team it's just a situation where 42 attempts at some point you know you got to figure out other ways to get the offense moving and grooving so i'm very curious to see how they respond the biggest thing for flomo like you said they did everything they needed to do. They had a turnover manageable uh, in that department. They out-rebounded Ave, all the things you needed to check. But the biggest thing that I think they did, they played a full 40. They scored 30-plus in both halves, almost 40-plus in both halves. And this is the first game in a while where they've done that. And for to be Ave, that's the underlining thing. You have to play all 40 because if you don't, they are going to make that one minute you didn't play feel like the entire second half. Yeah, uh, any any things you want to hit on this game before we move on to uh a big the one of the biggest upsets of the weekend or the midweek wow. I should say. Now nah, let's get rolling. All right, moving on 11 point win for Coastal Georgia. They beat Kaiser 85 to 74. Obviously this is a was a big game for uh teams like St. Thomas and um 
uh, Ave Maria, especially with Ave Maria, Maria uh, falling like we were just talking about. Man, Coastal Georgia, Leighton V on have a day. Nine for 16 from the field, seven rebounds, 26 points. All around uh, team performance for uh, the Mariners. And once again, Manny, we see just the Sally Wilson effect of being able to slow down uh, a team's best score. Just a few minutes ago, a few seconds ago, I had to take that humble pie. This time, I am going to take my lap yeah. because I said, I, I know what the numbers said. I know it wasn't the, the popular pick, but I just like, I love the way Coastal's playing and I'm going to ride with them in this one. And they made me look like a genius. Coastal, thank you. I appreciate y'all. I really do. What a what a performance. You know, they, they just proved that at the end of the day, this conference is built up of teams. This conference is built up of talented players, but they are also built up of well put together programs and even some programs who are still finding their way. And I think the coastal Georgia Mariners are a perfect example of that. So are the Royal Warriors, which we're going to get to in a second. They now have two big time upsets against teams that we thought were going to kind of handle them pretty well, maybe even a double digit win department. And again, like I said before, when I picked them in this game, I say it again. The numbers might not jump out to you, but they are a team where you really have to watch them to understand why you just like the way they play, why it just seems to all come together. And then you add in they're at home. It just continues to really blend and they might be a very, very scary team. I pick it on the win the conference like that. No, but I, the way they're playing, if they continue this trajectory, even that loss against Florida Memorial, again, three points. It's not like they got blown out. It's just all working together in a scary time right now for the Mariners. Yeah, and they shot the belt ball really well. Anytime you're north of 50% from the field, 30% uh, from behind the arc, and 80, 80% plus on the line, that's a recipe for winning. You know, Coastal Georgia, you mix that in with the defense they're going to play. You know, I know uh, that game against Ave Maria they have coming up. I think that that could be one after seeing what Florida Memorial uh, did to Ave. I think that could be a really interesting matchup now obviously when you just look at a pure talent standpoint far memorial is definitely gonna have the edge on uh coastal georgia but many uh we can talk about that matchup later but you kind of see where i'm coming from where coastal georgia could possibly give ave some trouble when they match up oh absolutely like you said sally wilson you know being the point of attack right now for the defense and i think they also play a very good team defense i think they've value that i think they understand that while they might not have the talent per se that some of the other teams in the conference they understand that the sum is greater than the individual parts and we see that a lot of times especially in basketball where some teams for whatever reason things just click you know they they understand how to move they understand the chemistry they understand personnel tendencies all that kind of stuff and you got to credit the coaching staff they understand how to put players in the right spots for them to be effective we understood some of the names coming into the season sally wilson nick giles and them both have had a good season but there are also some other players that have come up playing big minutes i'm looking at the stats right now we've got one two three four five six players who play 19 plus minutes and you also had two down there who played 16 plus minutes so they understand that this is going to be a situation we got to do a team a committee both offensively and defensively. And when you have four players scoring double figures, you control somewhat the rebounding department and you keep the turnovers to a minimum. This team has really found a little bit of a recipe and now we'll see if they can continue to cook in that kitchen. Moving on, overtime game, St. Thomas 79, Southeastern 75. Manny, who came out of this game feeling better, St. Thomas or Southeastern? I got to go St. Thomas. I really think that they are the ones that benefited the most out of this simply because they needed it the most. I really do think they needed this win and the way it happened. I think 
after you lost that one to Flomo, you know, it was a bad taste in your mouth, obviously, especially late down the stretch to come back down five with just over a minute left. Milton Matthews, big time three and then Daniel girl coming down transition. Just no, no timeout call by coach Crane and the staff. Look, y'all gonna make a play. Those last two minutes, I keep saying it. That's when basketball players really stand out. And that's when big time players make big time plays. And Ogoro, who's had a really good set of games the past few weeks, kind of stepping into a role. And I think that's been the biggest turnaround right now for the Bobcats. It's the guard play. We know what Milton Matthews is going to do. We know what they're going to do in the paint. But when Daniel Goro, Anthony Harris, Kyle Feldman, when they're playing the way they've been playing the past few weeks, they're attacking in transition. They're attacking the gaps. They're making plays down, getting downhill. That really opens up the lob threat of Kyrius Warren, the inside presence of a Josh Thrower, Josh Taylor, alleviates a little bit of pressure from him. Milton Matthews, Jordan Hernandez, getting more open looks now because they have to respect Kyle Kyle's speed, Daniel Girl was a mismatch nightmare, Anthony Harris athleticism, all these kind of things are very important. So I think that's been the biggest turnaround right now for the Bobcats is the guard play on the on the perimeter. Tell me a little bit more about uh, Ogoro. Tell me a little, a little bit more about, about his play. Daniel Girl, he's a mismatch nightmare for everybody. You know what I'm saying? He's he's a six-foot-plus guard who's playing the one and, and legitimately playing the one. Obviously, on one end of the court, he can see over pretty much every guard in the conference as well as he adds that element of – just getting downhill. He did it against Florida Memorial when they were down, I believe one, maybe even two. Daniel Girl got into the paint, took contact on a seven-footer, a legit seven-footer, got the foul call and went to the free throw line. Same thing now against the fire. In transition, in open court, you know, Reggie Mesador and a few other guards, they're great guards, but they're undersized. It's just the way it is. And Daniel understood that. Great move, has a very tight handle for, for a player of his height, but got into the paint absorbed the contact, finished, had some great tough finishes throughout the entire game. So I think his biggest thing is just, obviously he's not going to look be looked at as a scorer. He's definitely a playmaker. He's a pass first point guard. But the way I've seen him really be aggressive and look for his own shot in the transition game, getting downhill and stuff like that, again, opens up the offense for everybody else. And I think he's really finding his groove. Obviously last year was a tough year with, with injuries. Didn't really even get a chance. So it's really the first time we're all getting to see him. And it's been a treat for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I said this weekend could be where the Bobcats turn around. I don't know if an overtime win against uh, the Fire get any any win in the uh, any conference win, especially right right now, is great. It, this would be the weekend where the Bobcats figure it out and turn it around. And it was this a result? I thought no, but do I still have the same reaction? Yes, it's for all, all the reasons you you said. What's been missing from this Bobcat team, especially offensively? No, defensively they've been pretty sound this year, but all, offensively, Manny, there has just been that missing point guard presence. You know, when uh, St. Thomas was their best last year, you had Milton making shots, yeah. Um, but I thought when Fred Mulba was at his best, when he was able to conduct the offense, uh, be an effective point point guard, I think that's when St. Thomas elevated into being a, a preseason top 15 team. And if Ogoro, does he need to be Fred? No, but he's a lot different uh, than him. He's more athletic. He is a mismatch nightmare, like you said. If, if he's able to go out there, get – 19 4 4 and go 8 for 12 for the line because what I love from I mean, what I think this uh, that St. Thomas offense needs is somebody more aggressive on the ball going in get drawing fouls getting guys in and fouls draw one at the end of the day you can get uh eight to ten points from the line I think that's massive Exactly, because again, we know what Milton Matthews is going to do. He's twenty-two points. That's you can pencil that in. Josh Taylor getting into a groove had a double-double in this game with eleven and fourteen. Carius Warren controlling the per the paint with five rebounds. 
they're doing their role. It was that missing piece. And I think to Daniel's credit, it takes a minute. You know, it's going to take a minute. You have a lot of players on this team who are high caliber offensive forces in those three that I just mentioned, not to mention Jordan Hernandez, who still is going to deserve a lot of these shot attempts. So he's got to find his niche. And I think you mentioned, where's that kind of open area? The free throw line. Milton Matthews and Jordan Hernandez are not really going to get to the line that much. Curious Warren and, and Josh Taylor, again, they're not really going to get fouled too often like that. So Daniel Gore said, fine, I'll be the one to get to the free throw line. I'll be the one to really control the tempo of the game when there is no going up and down a court because now we can set up our defense. Now we can understand what are our next three plays going to do. You can have a talk with Coach Crary and the staff. So it really opens up a lot of things. And I credit Daniel a lot for this turnaround that Bobcats are in right now. Moving on, last men's game from the midweek. Warner, 63, Weber, 62. What a game. What an environment uh, to be in on the call for that one. Manny, it was electric in the sideline center. A good five, 600 people there. Uh, the loudest I've heard it getting there. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, neither offense really showed up. Both teams were really poor from the free throw line. Uh, Weber, 17 for 27. Uh, Warner 15 for 25, both uh, well well below. Uh, they're both below 65 percent from the line. Not something you you want to see. But then end of the day, uh, Warner made less mistakes. They made uh, some big shots in the second half. Uh, outscored Weber six uh, 38 to 30 in that second half. Um, end of the game, Eden Holt got a good decent look uh, on a longer two two point. Um, look, he's what one one of the things he does really well in his bag is that kind of Trey Young move where he, he's got that mid range floater. It just rainbows in. He hit about four of those during the game. That's what we went to, and just off, off the iron. Now that was a difference in the game, Manny. We I talked about the other day. What, if I was a St. Thomas fan, what am I doing about a panic button as a Weber guy? I got the I got the panic button on my desk. I haven't hit it yet, but I got the panic button on my desk. The way that Weber played Wednesday, it it was the worst I've seen him play this year. Um, you know, on a live stream or in person. Uh for Warner, Warner played their game, their game. They muddied it up, they got in some foul trouble. Um, you know, Blaze Darling uh, got four. Logan West had four late in the game, but they were still able to maneuver around that. Skylar Skull, he as a for a true freshman, the way he stepped up in that environment on the road uh, and go three for three uh, from behind the arc, five for seven, total 18 points. Um, and then Blaze Darling, Blaze, uh, not his best game, but still a real solid six of 10 from the field, 15 points. West was really solid defensively. And yeah, you just look over at, at the Weber side, you can say it's both both teams. You missed double digit uh, free throws. You're going to leave there saying we didn't deserve to win. And I think that's a fair thing to say after that one. Yeah, it's definitely not the spot for and, and and another thing for being a three point shooting team for Weber only takes seven three point shots in the second half, one for seven on those. Uh, it, it, it's tough. And look, look, I get it. I, I I've been one of the guys saying we need to get to the bu bucket more. Weber needs to get to the bucket. Use Nesby to get get to the bucket. Eden Holt's got a great move to be able to get in, but it, it, it's just what they're man. I'm gonna let you take over now. Go. It's, it's all right, man. Listen, listen. We've all been there. I, do I think this is definitely the low point for the, the Warriors? Yes. You know, one in three through your first four. You look back at some of these games and it's similar to this Warner game. You're like, you know, we do something different here. If we attack something differently there, could we have come out with the win? In the end, I think that this game came down to, like you said, 
a just slower paced game that I don't think the Warriors want to play. I know they want to get out and run. You got to credit the Warrior, the the Warner Royals for absolutely Warner from the beginning of the game. They they said this is going to be the tone of the game. We're going to do our best, to take the crowd of it, slow the game down. And for forty minutes, they 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 did. There were some stretches where it got a little hectic, but it always felt like they were able to control. Even when Weber led for you know for majority of the game for the you know majority of the first 25, 30 minutes of the game, Weber was in control of the game, but they never put Warner away. And for with the Weber offense, the with the the guys that are on the court for Weber, I think that I think you'd have the ability once you get up seven, eight, ten points, it five, ten minutes left to go. I'm sorry, five, ten minutes into the second half. Keep pressing. That's when you build a 15, 20-point lead. And then I don't think Warner's the kind of team. Now, Skull could get going, Blaze could get going, and get back in in a hurry with that. But that night, I, I feel like there was a, a chance for Weber to really put their foot on the throat of Warner. They did it, and then credit to Warner, like you said. They got back in it, and then once they took took the lead, it was really tough for, for them to for, – for Weber to, to get back in it. Everything you just said is the exact same way I felt when the Bobcats played the Lions, it was the same thing. It never felt like the Bobcats really took advantage of always having the lead. The Lions came in at the end and did more plays down the stretch to fin fin finish it out. Obviously, if you're the Warriors, are you expecting Skylar Skull to come out of nowhere in a sense and have 18 points in 37 minutes? No, but in a game like this where the rivalry aspect is a thing, something always happens. The unexpected, whether it's a lucky bounce, whether it's an unknown or not as well-known player coming in and just really making a name for himself in that moment. I remember when when you when we posted the the post on on our Instagram, I was a little shocked. I I, went, I had to go look. All right, who who is this? What, what do I got to know about this guy now? <laughs> so a lot of it comes down to and similar to how I said coastal. Warner understands how they're going to win games. They understand what they need to do. They are going not going to try to outscore you. They are going to try and slow down the tempo of games. And to do it against a Warriors team gets me kind of raising my eyebrow to say, could they do it multiple times? Because that's what yes, you're absolutely, absolutely they came because here, here's what here's what this conference is going to come down to in men's basketball. Because we got we're sitting at, at eight teams right now that anybody could be anybody on any given day. It, it's happened. So what's going to come down to that down this stretch is who's going to want it more. Period. I don't think talent wise anybody's staying together. I think last year, yeah, there there were two teams that stood out. I think Southeastern and St. Thomas were ahead head above the rest. I think there's eight teams right now in men's basketball. Anybody can win this dead gum thing. Like anybody. I still think what even though Weber's one and three in the last two games, I've not gone good. I, if you, you tell me in two, three weeks from now, hey, Nesby's over the last three games, he's averaging 30 and eight. Yeah, okay, I believe it. And if you tell me Skylar Skull comes out of nowhere and he's a uh, the the best freshman in the NAI, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that either. <laughs> I think got fired up. I think I think got fired somebody, up, man. I think I got somebody fired put up. this man. Somebody get this man. A, a, a we water, gotta move on. We, 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 we gotta right we now. gotta move on. It's gonna be a two hour two hour episode. I know everybody wants to listen to the interview with Coach Cole. But Manny, moving on, women's basketball. All right, uh, Kaiser. Obviously, the the game of the uh, of the midweek, maybe game of the year, uh, uh, for for basketball in general in the Sun Conference. Kaiser sixty, Coastal Georgia, uh, fifty nine. Kyra Long, uh, hit, hits a floater as time expires. Man, man, I wish I could could have watched that uh, that game. I definitely, I'm I'm kind of curious from the from the women's side of this one because Kaiser Coastal, it felt like felt kind of survived it. I, no, I no know. doubt. 
No doubt. No doubt. Like this isn't if if I'm kind of just like exciting, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, eh, I, I don't I don't I don't think that's performance that they wanted, but three fourteen uh from behind the arc. Good the good thing for them was they were solid um uh they were solid more with their two point their mid their mid range game that really saved them in this one. It really did, and the fact that Kaiser survived still gives me – I think it's good, though, because you need those type of games. If you don't have those type of games throughout a season when it happens in the playoffs, because it will happen, it's completely, completely going to happen, you're not used to it. Sometimes you need games like this. It was an ugly win, to be honest. We've seen a lot of ugly wins from both the men's and women's side in, in general. And I think that builds character, that builds confidence, that builds an understanding from the coaching staff of who they want to play in these moments, in these different moments, because each situation is, is unique in its own right. In the end, though, I think Kaiser, they, they, they did what they needed to do. They came out with the victory. A 9.4 quarter is not what I like, though. You definitely have to try and keep that at least 10 points and people might say oh that's one point difference that one point difference could be the difference in the in the entire game and we talk a little about the men's side being wide open i'm not going to say that the women's side is wide open i think four teams have really put themselves in, in a different category but we know at the bottom side they are scrappy they don't mind being the underdogs. They like having that chip on their shoulder. And all these teams feel like they have a good chance because at the end of the day, it's one game. It's not a seven-game series like in the pros. It's one game. You never know what can happen. And, I mean, we, we, at this point, men's, women's, basketball, uh, same thing. Winning on the road is tough. I mean, Kaiser men's team di didn't do it up in up in Brunswick. That drive alone, I mean, St. Thomas uh, sh struggled up there. Um, you know, j just any time you can leave uh, – uh, a conference game with the win, especially if it's in Brunswick, uh, you you got to be happy with that. Um, moving on, uh, Ave Maria sixty three, Florida Memorial fifty four. Manny takeaways from this one. I was a little surprised that that the game got close, and I I do I was looking back at it a little bit, and Flomo kind of got it more towards the end there when the last few minutes, so a little bit more garbage points than that. But in the end of the day. Abby Maria does what they need to do. Maria Coleman, I think she has officially entered the conversation for a player of the year. I think she. Has I think she. Deal. I think she's the most valuable player to her team. I, uh, I absolutely I don't, agree. There's any doubt about that. Um, you can make a case Burgess for Weber just because. Well, we're gonna get into that game. I, I can get happy about Baltimore basketball here in a minute, but um, what Maria Coleman? I, she. I think she's the best player. Uh. I'm sorry, not the best player, but I think she's uh, the most valuable player on a team. You look at what she's doing. I mean, 18 and six, four for eight from behind the arc, man. You can't beat that. You really can't. And the biggest thing, and this is what I always say when I'm looking at these type of players, it's consistency. That's what's going to separate the, the good from the great and the great from the best because – yeah, you can have an 18-point game, but then if you're having two back-to-back -back games under, under double-digit scoring, I mean, that's great that you had 18, but you're not consistent. Your team can't count on you. And we're all going to have – teams are all going to have X-factor players, but you don't want that many X-factor players, one, maybe two max. And Maria Coleman has been consistent throughout the entire season, no matter who she's played against. Has she had off nights? Yes. But even still, you're able to – shake it off, so to speak, and have impact on the game one way or another. She doesn't just do it by scoring. Like you mentioned, six rebounds, two assists, two steals. That type of stat line already is good. You don't need the 18 points. That's that's a cherry on top of the Sunday. And you still have Casey Humphrey, who has a 10-5-5 five, five game, and she's been really 
benefiting from the focus that Maria has gotten. She has really been the, the, I think the biggest surprise in the sense of Casey doesn't need to go out. You know, she was the player to watch for obviously she doesn't need to go out and do all the heavy lifting. She comes in a 10, five and five game is perfect for her. And I think that's honestly a quiet night for her. She can definitely put up a lot more. She can flirt with double-double performances. So Avi Maria, I'm liking what, what I'm seeing right now, and, and they're going to continue this streak into a big one this weekend. Moving on to what I think is really our only true blowout so far in, in, in conference play, Weber 84, Warner 54, Manny. This was a 30-point win that could have been 40. Uh, it, 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 this was... So exciting to watch as a Weber guy being on the call for that. Watching this game was incredible. Being on the call for it, incredible. I don't. I really don't. Don't. Don't even know where where to begin. I, I'll start with Burgess. She played lights out. Pacheco took the game over when when Burgess went a little cold. It was Pacheco stepping back in for forty minutes. It was one or the uh, or thirty five minutes once the starters got pulled. It was one or the uh, other given business to. To Warner, both have eight rebounds. Uh, Burgess, 23 points. Pacheco, 12. Klopsis was great off the bench with 12. i tell you who was really impressive to me, though, off of the bench, usually a starter for the Warriors, Alicia Walker, 8.7 rebounds off of the bench. And she came when she came on for Jaden Ross, who, who, was, who was solid um, uh, starting. Her, her and Wimberley were both solid, and they were great defensively uh, for – uh, for, for uh, Weber, but when Walker came in, she dominated the boards, which you know against Warner is a massive thing to do. Uh, beginning of this game, I mean, Warner was keeping up with Weber shooting wise. Uh, uh, Hurtado was two or four from behind the arc. Jasmine Edwards was getting to the line 11 for 21 uh, from the free throw line for Jasmine Edwards is uh, very unlike her. Uh, obviously, the the free throw shooting for Warner 19 for 30 is not something you want you 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 wanted to see but even if they hit all, all 30 of those it's still a double digit win for Weber Manny Brian if you would indulge me and if you if everybody at home listening right now just check your watch because it's about that time. It's time for Weber to be Webering. They are no, doing we're, we're, it. It's that time we're of back. the year. No, Weber's It's that back. time Weber's of the year. So back. The it's green so is greening. The Weber Warriors are Weber warring right now. I just love it. I mean, we all knew it was coming. And I said it before the conference slate started. This team is not what their record shows. They are not going to be last in the conference. I believe they're floor the floor was the six seed and that was just because we had to you know take what was seen in front of us and obviously the record wasn't great the offense wasn't great but now four games in the offense is looking so much better obviously that's a big credit to Burgess and Pacheco just being able to play off each other I mean just watching them play is is, is su such a delight such offensively and the way they control the game like you mentioned Pacheco the ability to understand Burgess is number one role on this team is to get buckets so i'm gonna feed her i'm gonna let her go and when she gets cold when she gets it's out of a rhythm or whenever she needs a break i can still do that i can flip that switch it's been such a delight watching them go back and forth and just play it perfectly in the end the warriors have officially entered that realm where we thought they were going to be they're going to be in that middle of the pack and it's a matter of can they string enough of these type of games together, both offensively and defensively. I always thought the offense was the biggest thing because I felt like the defense was good. The defense was there. You just weren't putting up points. Now that the points have gone up, now we're really getting to see and how we're going to see these next few games is going to be a lot of fun, I think. It's got me thinking. 
not crazy thinking, but it's got me thinking. Yoffs and Babson Park. I'm thinking Yoffs. I'm thinking a top four seed for 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 Weber. I'm thinking it. It's going to be tough. I I think one and two. Uh, I think we have a clear one and two right now in St. Thomas and Southeastern. We'll get in that game here in just a second. And then it's Ave Maria Kaiser Weber, <laughs> the following three. And then who's going who's going to be the one left out uh, of that three four? Who's going to be the five seed traveling? I don't know. But if I'm just looking at it from performances this this past Wednesday. Well, and I'm getting too far ahead. I'm getting, getting way too far. far, far. There's still a lot of time, but we still got to talk about the games this weekend. But before we do that, Manny, Southeastern 71, St. Thomas 60. The fire are different. They're a different uh, fire team, but they're right back on top of the Sun Conference. This Is this a team from the, from the Tim Hayes days? No. But is, is this one of the best defensive teams uh, in women's basketball that we've seen in the last couple of years? Yeah, it is. It is. I have talked to people around the conference. They agree with me. This is the best defense I've seen in my time here at St. Thomas in the four years that I've seen the conference. And people are saying it might be the best defense the Southeastern Fire have had in a very long time. And again, they have been a very good defensive team in the past. But I'm not going to lie. I'm watching this game and that 2-3 zone, if you even want to call it that, blew me out of the water. It was so effective. Now, I will say, and I'm not taking anything away from the fire, and I hope people don't start thinking about this me being a, a Bobcat guy, but I really do believe this game was more about the Bobcats not playing the way they've been playing as opposed to the fire being the fire because the beginning of this game started out 10 nothing. If it wasn't for Kiki Bertzman, that the Final score of that first quarter could have been 15-0. She had all nine points in that first quarter. She was the reason that the fire stayed in it for a majority of the first half. But the Bobcats let, let their foot off the gas. They had a great start of the, to the game, but careless turnovers, just not really doing what they need to be doing. And that's why I feel like even if it wasn't the fire, I feel like they would have lost that game to anybody in the conference the way the conference has been playing right now. With that being said, the fire, they are just poised. They, I know, like we mentioned, yeah. this isn't the same fire team from the past, but we've got a few veterans from those past few years. We've got some great transfers. We've got a coaching staff, a head coach in Brian Neal, who's been there. He's been to the mountaintop. He understands what it takes to, to get there. And he has them playing the type of basketball where they will always hang around. You're never going to blow. I don't think you're going to really blow out the fire unless they have an off shooting night or they're not having a good day overall. Like one of those things has to happen. Otherwise, it's going to stay within that eight to 10 range, similar to this game. It's going to be back and forth all the way through. And right when you feel like you might have it, the fire take advantage of some costly turnovers, some mishaps on defense. They execute to the T. Becky Kaladij, 15 points, not the best shooting night, but still three assists, nine rebounds, five steals. She was having an amazing, amazing performance after a rough first half, I would say. But like I mentioned, Kiki Bertzman, I think she's the biggest reason for the fires win because she sticks with it through the first half gets the game to even at, at halftime and then from there the fire just really were waiting and wait again that experience kicked in and when they felt that they had the opportunity they took advantage of it yeah i mean for saint thomas how many times are they going to be sh shooting below 40 percent then again who's going to be able to shoot above 40 percent against the fire was as good as they play defensively in that two or three zone maybe we got to uh move on uh start pre preview and talk about some games and send folks into the weekend with a great interview with coach Copeland from Ave Maria on the women's side, Manny, which game do you have circled for this weekend? 
Ave at St. Thomas. I think yeah. that's going to be the game of the day. Um, I don't. We don't look at strength of schedule, and I just want to point this out because I, I I feel like it's it's a big thing. The St. Thomas Bobcats, I think, have the strongest schedule the next week or so because you have there's a four way tie right now for the number one seed. It's St. Thomas, it's Ave, it's Southeastern, and it's Kaiser. The Bobcats play all three of those teams in a row. They just had Southeastern, obviously didn't go well. Now you've got Ave at home, and you got the Seahawks on Wednesday. They need to go out two and one because they are the biggest factor or the biggest team that might drop out of this because of just the way the schedule was built. With that being said, I do think the Bobcats have it in them to win this game. In the end, I think it's a Brooke Bogats bounce back. I really think that's the biggest thing that I'm looking at right now. The team as a whole needs a bounce back in, in its own right, but I think Brooke having a three-point game, I just need to see her be more assertive. I think she she kind of was a little thrown off by the zone. The, the offense just seemed thrown off in general. I think well, I know Coach Walker's going to have them ready to go, and they understand that this is a very important game. This could be a situation where we look back at the end of the year and say, we needed this one really, really bad. So I give the Bobcats the, the edge there, and especially because I think the Jirenes, I don't know. Again, I wasn't too thrilled about the Florida Memorial game. I was happy with it. I wasn't thrilled. Obviously, you got to stop Maria Coleman. You got to stop Casey Humphrey. But overall, I think the Bobcats have the deeper side, and the defense is really going to be a thing where they're going to hunker down and understand that they have to slow this Jirene team down if they have any chance of winning this game. For women's basketball this weekend, I'm looking at Lake Wells, Florida. Kaiser at Warner. Both teams not happy with how they performed offensively, I'm sure, in, in their midweek games. Both of them looking to, uh, to bounce back. For Kaiser, this is an easy thing to do. You're talking about uh, traveling, what is it, six, seven hours? I don't I don't really know. Something like that. That up to Brunswick, come back. Uh, then uh, three days later, you're going to go travel two, two and a half hours uh, to Lake Wells play warner that's not going to be an e easy thing for them to do when warner their away game was just across the street at weber and then uh th they uh welcome in the seahawks uh i think there there could be an upset brewing there i think that could this could be a jasmine edwards uh bounce back uh because i don't i don't think you could you for warner and all, all due respect i don't think they could play worse th uh, than they did against weber and that's always a dangerous thing with the team when they play their worst game and they get to come back home to play against the team and we are getting close for must-win territory for some of these teams. I think for Warner, when you look at a home game against a team who I, 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 if you tell me uh, Sunday at four thirty, I wake up at a call and you say, "Hey, uh, Warner beat Kaiser." That's not a crazy thing to say, especially at home. So I, I'll be uh, uh, keeping close on that one while I'm on the call for Florida Memorial Weber. Uh, moving on, men's basketball, Manny. The, <laughs> All of them, <laughs> all, all of all, all of them have a little different thing because you never all know. You, you never know. I mean, three of them are probably going to go to overtime. The other one's going to be a five point game, one way or the other. For me, it's Ave Maria St. Thomas. Um, like, like I said, we don't have Coach Copeland on uh, and, and talk about it. I mean, Ave Maria is obvious. You, you just scored by far the least amount of points you've scored all year. You want to bounce back. St. Thomas, you you can kind of feel the engine starting to go uh, for the Bobcats. How big of a win would this be for St. Thomas? You you can't you can't even begin to talk about because then you're like, okay, St. Thomas is back. But if Ave Maria comes out here and beats him 103 to 87, which I could see happening, I think that then you're like, oh crap, yeah, Ave just had one bad one bad game. Which everybody everybody gets a couple of those. That's gonna happen. It's college basketball. Come on, but um. No man, I, if if I'm either one of these teams, 
I'm coming in, into this game. If I lose, I'm feeling no. I, I don't know if I'm feeling too bad because it means you just lost to a great team. And obviously, it's going to matter how you lose. But if you're St. Thomas, you can be like, okay, we're going to be on the road. We're going to be doing some traveling uh, during the conference tournament. If you're Ave Maria and you lose this game, it's like, we got to find it. We got to find it quick. But for me, Manny, with this game, I just don't – and this is one of those prove-me-wrong Bobcats. I don't see the, the St. Thomas offense being able to keep up with Ave Maria's right now. Unless – they have unless Ave Maria goes and has another night like they did against Florida Memorial. I think Ave Maria is going to win this one. In the end, you your defensive strategy can't bank on that, obviously. So I think this game is important for the Bobcats, and it is my game of the week. But I'm going to pick a different one in a, in a second here, just so we have have two different choices. Sure. But for me, the thing for the Bobcats is going to be the defense. We've said from the beginning that this offense is understandably understandably getting worked on it's it's not where it needs to be I, we feel like it can get much better do we think it can touch the gyrenes maybe not i don't think that anybody can really do that but it's can they get to a, 80? It's about 150 teams in ai that aren't touching that that offense if they're on exactly so can now can they get to 80 like the florida memorial lions did i can sure. see that happening the thing with the bobcats though is the defense this game will tell us a lot about their championship aspirations from the defensive side of things because and i'm not taking anything away from the lines but at the end of the day we're gonna have to say this was more of an off night for the gyrenes than necessarily the lions stopping them sure. now if the bobcats can come out of this game saying we stopped we slowed down this type of offense i'm very even if they lose if you can say that it really gives you a little edge a little extra notch to say you know what we didn't get the win. We're upset. Like you mentioned, we're probably traveling in the opening rounds. But the defense was there, and now we just got to build on that. So if they can get the defense right, I think that's going to be my biggest thing for them. If your defense is up to par against this top two, not two team in the conference, in the nation, when we talk about offense right now, you really got to hang your hat on that because in retrospect, that is what's going to be the difference maker. Because like you mentioned, the playoffs, I think this playoffs is going to be the definition of seeding matters. Matchups matter. I don't think there's going to be a team, like you mentioned, no one's going to be like, we're going to pick them. The conference runs through them. No, Being at it's home be matters. Matter. Being at home matters, I think, a lot. And, I mean, we were talking about the new gym. Uh, Ave, Ave Maria's got, um, you know, St. Thomas is definitely someone play for for the uh, for the one seed. Uh, you, you go into FFC, uh, that's a – very tough play, especially when it gets rocking in playoff atmosphere. Manny, I got a feeling. Uh, I know, I know what, what you're going to say. Uh, but if you go anywhere besides Miami Gardens to watch a game this this weekend, where are you heading? Now, my sister between two, and after really giving it some thoughts and putting my emotions aside from it, I'm going with Warriors and Lions. Yeah. I think that's the one. My other one was Warner Kaiser, but that was more of a fun one. I'm like, I feel like the Warriors can do it. I actually gut feeling i liked it but really hey for all for all the same reasons i i said uh for for the for in the women's game warner could be kaiser kaiser just lost at brunswick they're tired they play even later they got back um i imagine they, they probably traveled they still got back but still you get back back late on thursday practice thursday friday saturday you gotta go play a warner team that's flying high and now all of a sudden if the warner royals beat kaiser manny i think we're, we're now we're talking now we're talking talk, talking something serious serious with the Warner, not just a, a one off where you beat beat your rival where where anything happened. Kind of, I think then you can really start talking. So get you to you. I I I like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
But even still, I'm going Weber Flomo, Flomo just because if the Warriors, if you could say that the Warriors are going the right direction, that uh, under 500 at two and three, it's because they win this game. It's because this game sends a message, not just to everybody in the conference, but sends a message to themselves. I, the Warriors themselves need this one because they need to see the a W in that column for confidence sake, for, for that mental side of it. Because like we keep saying it, we're going to keep saying it for the next month or so. Every game is a dogfight. There are no days off in this conference this year. So that's a mental drag on you. Like that's, it's hard because people, you know, you, you got to focus on your Wednesday game, but then you got a quick turn, like you mentioned for your Saturday game. And then you go right back onto it. You know, you got, maybe you have Sunday off, but you got film on Monday. You got weights at some point throughout this whole, like there's just so much going on. So it's a mental drain. So the Warriors, the only thing that's worse is now the losses are piling up. They need this win. Similar to the Bobcats, even if they lose this game, I just want to see you perform the way you were performing at the beginning of the year. I want to see the Warriors playing Warriors basketball, playing Weber Warriors basketball, to where if you lose, you're obviously going up against the number 16 team in the, in the country. They're going up against a team that just beat the Giants. Like, the lines are running high, and I, and, and I understand that they might win this game. But if the Warriors have come out of it saying – they just played better, but we played right there with them. It's a close game down the stretch, a few plays, whatever. I think that's a good momentum thing because at the end of the day, let's say worst case scenario, the Warriors finishes a six seed. I promise you, nobody at the number one seed is going to be happy about seeing them on their on their home court when playoffs come. It's a situation where you're not the number one seed in the probably the most competitive year of the Sun Conference basketball, and your reward is the war is the Warriors at the six seed. Ain't nobody happy about that. Ain't nobody gonna be happy about that. So I definitely think this is a big one for the Warriors, and and I'm excited to watch it because I think they'll respond. It's not a must win for Weber, but it's it's borderline. And let me tell you something, Manny. If it's six o'clock Saturday evening, I'm taking off the headset and Weber beats Florida Memorial. <laughs> I'll be all the way back. All the freaking way back. As as mm. as flustered and, and as animated I got got earlier about, about the us being one and three in conference play. If Weber beats Bar Memorial and Shabbat. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll tell you, and um, just just moving on, looking at, at the uh, other game, we're we're going up on nearly an hour before even before we even get to, get to the interview. Uh, Southeastern Coastal Georgia. If Coastal Georgia wins this game, they're three and two in conference play. And then if you're Weber, it's like ooh, especially if Weber loses this game. If Weber loses this game and Coastal Georgia beats Southeastern. No, actually, honestly, whatever happens in that southeastern coastal, coastal game with a, with a Weber loss, it won't be good. Whoever went, wins that game, and my heart will definitely get thumping a little, uh, a little bit. We are five games into this into this conference play as of Saturday. Once these games finish, when I tell you, I can't remember a time where every single outcome has an implication on another the scenarios have scenarios which have scenarios there's contingency plans all over the place nobody knows what's going to happen it's exciting it's so much fun for all of us watching but it is the legitimately a free-for-all in this conference because we could talk about any one of these teams we mentioned at the beginning of the year warner and coastal might not be ranked they might not be receiving votes and like that but those are good teams, man. They are really, really good teams riding high. And we mentioned that both of these teams could come out of this weekend above one game above 
500 and talking about possibly hosting the opening rounds of the Sun Conference tournament. Crazy. Crazy. All right. That's going to be all all from us. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back to talk about uh, these games uh, as we are getting deeper into conference play. I uh, hope you enjoyed hearing hearing about the games, all that, yada, yada, yada. I'm uh, going to kick it over now to interview with Ave Maria, head basketball coach, Coach Copeland. Y'all have a great weekend. Okay, and we welcome on a very special uh, guest. It is the head coach of the Ave Maria men's basketball team, Coach Copeland. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, Reagan. Thanks for having me. Hey, of course. Man, Coach, y- y'all have had a very successful year, 14 and 4, 3 and 1 in conference play uh can you tell us just a little bit about your philosophy with the team and what's made y'all one of the best offensive teams in the NAI this season yeah you know every year is different style wise and, and how you approach the game and all that so this year you know we we lost a ton from last year we returned three guys and um and that's it and then so with the guys we had um we felt we were really skilled um very very skilled and uh really shoot it but however, you know, with every team, you got some strengths and you got some areas that you're not that you'd like more size or athleticism. So kind of as we as we evaluated ourselves, we thought, man, we need to play fast and we need to um, really utilize our guys skill sets and try to play ahead of the defense and play with space and pace and um, and sh- obviously shoot a lot of threes. So, yeah, it's, it's different every year. And this year, our um, kind of our personnel has dictated that. It's made it a really fun uh, t- team to cover, team to watch this year. Uh, but honestly, the entire Sun Conference this year has been uh, really incredible. Halfway through the the Sun Conference uh, campaign, but we knew coming into Sun Conference play it was going to be really competitive. Uh, Coach, what's made made the Sun Conference so competitive, top to bottom this year? Yeah, I think you know every institution really values athletics and they value winning. And if you have alignment from the top down, it helps. And you got a lot of good coaches. And I mean, if you go down the league right now, there's not a team in the entire league with a losing record. Yeah, your conference winning percentage, our non-conference winning percentage was seventy-six percent. That's incredible. Um, so, you know, you put the institutions that really value athletics. You got alignment from the top down. Everybody wants to win. You got really good coaches really good players that makes for a competitive uh, competitive environment so you see that night in night out with the scores you know like I mean it feels like every game is coming down to one or two possessions and um and yeah that's the difference your team's got to be resilient because you are you're not just going to roll through the league you're going to take some losses and some lumps and you got to be resilient and when you get punched in the mouth and fall on the mat you got to get up and and uh just prepare for the next team and kind of you know have a have a quick memory and um and forget about it, and let's let's move on to the next one. Yeah, uh, it's been really cool. We saw last year Southeastern St. Thomas making it to Kansas City. It seemed like that was when uh, Sun Conference really broke broke through uh, to to that upper echelon of conferences. And of course, uh, and, and other sports like softball, baseball, uh, Sun Conference uh, has been their football this year. But you mentioned the non conference record, and like I said, with Southeastern and St. Thomas last year, it does feel like men's basketball has really taken uh, a big step forward over the last couple of years, which has been uh, re- really cool, really fun to watch. And speaking of really cool, really fun, uh, tell us about the new gym y- y'all got y'all playing in. Yeah, so for um, – so we – in our old gym, we we got black mold. And if you know anything about black mold, it's like a death sentence. So yeah. They had to – they I mean, essentially they had to bulldoze the building except for the foundation and the, and the metal studs. So we've been 
practicing and playing for four years at Donahue Academy. They've been gracious enough to ha- uh, host us. But I mean, as you've seen on the, <laughs> on the live streams, that's a tiny, tiny uh, high school gym. It made for an unbelievable environment for games, but it was tiny and it was challenging for us because you could only get in there before school or after all their teams are done practicing. So we practice at either five in the morning or 10 at night. So we're ex- super excited. We got a beautiful facility. Um, it seats about 900, which I think is a perfect small college size. Cause um, as you saw from the game last night, like it's got an atmosphere every night, you know, it's, it's big enough where you can get a lot of people in there, but it's small enough where um, you're going to have an environment no matter what I've, I've been the head coach at the university of Texas at Tyler as well. We had a beautiful arena, um, you know, sat about 3,500 people, but even if you put a thousand people in there, it didn't have an environment or a feel or the the buzz or the energy. So I always thought that was a disadvantage for us home games. And here it's the opposite. You know, it's a right. perfect size and we've got that thing rocking. It's a place to be. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. In addition to the game court, uh, we've got a practice gym. We got a brand new weight room, locker rooms, coaches' offices. So yeah, it's been we're we're blessed, and it's been it's been great to have that. Yeah, you, you, the gym's kind of similar to Weber's, and like last night, Weber uh, Weber played Warner. I was on the call broadcasting that that game, and as you can imagine, any Weber Warner event's going to get get, get uh, uh, pretty, pretty electric. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there was a solid six, seven ish hundred. Uh, people in the in there is packed out in the South by Center is a great great environment and it's one of the uh, cool parts about uh, uh, being around NAI institutions uh, like uh, like with you you were you arrived to Ave uh, 2009 uh, now your second stint there but w- with NAI institutions you often get to see uh, athletics especially teams programs progress and the facilities get better and that's something uh that uh, like i said you you got to see what Abe was like in 2009 when you got there and you were helped build the program uh when you got to Abe maria in 2009 what did you want to build the gyrene basketball program around yeah great question so uh i just want to you know we're a we're a private catholic university so the the catholic faith is extremely important uh to us as an institution and then we're also uh, very high academic, you know, the majority of our, the kind of the average GPA coming in is a 3A and the average SAT is a, like a 1220 for our incoming students. So being at that type, you you have to kind of fit your recruiting and your program around your institution. It's got to mirror each other and match. So I, I just wanted to have a, you know, have a team that the institution could be proud of both on and off the court, on the court, how hard we compete you know, our, our discipline, how we share the ball, we're unselfish, and then off the court, how we carry ourselves around campus and the community, um, and just being a part of the student body. I think that's one of the, the beauty, beautiful things about small college athletics is, you know, if, if you're at Florida State, you might never see the star quarterback, you know, because they're taking online classes, or you might never see the star point guard, star center, but um, at NAI, you're in class with those guys, you know? So like um, our guys really being a part of the campus community, supporting the other sports, um, going to the, you know, the the drama events, the plays on campus and just being a part of the community. I feel like uh, our guys have embraced that and done that. And that's, that's been really, really special to watch. Absolutely. And that's a great message. I mean, build, building uh, around the academics is how you bring in high quality uh, athletes, high quality people to build, build your program around, which is certainly uh, what, what you've done there. Ave Maria. Coach, uh, how would you say you're different a, as a coach from when you first started Ave Maria to now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, 
the the older I've gotten, I'm 43 now, five kids. It gives you a little bit of perspective and life perspective. Like I think when I first started, I was fiery and I'm still am fiery, but I was 27 and it was life and death, you know, like um, winning and losing. I couldn't talk for days until our next game. I was just distraught. And now it's extremely important winning and losing. And that's, um, but at the end of the day, it's a game, you know, and I want the guys more than anything. I think in the past, I wanted to give them winning. And now I just want to give them an unbelievable college experience. And they look back and they just say, man, that was, that was some of the best years of my life. You know, I made some of the best friendships. Those guys are like family, you know, we competed our tails off. We left everything on the floor and just kind of fell in love more with the process as opposed to being as results driven. Uh, hopefully I'm more um, transformational as a coach, as opposed to transactional, which I was early in my career. Awesome. Yeah, it's always good. I like uh, asking some uh, uh, coaches that, especially if they've they've been at their institution longer, or in your case, you you were there, came back. But it, you it in your time in between uh, your sense of Ave Maria, you were at uh, UT Tyler, like you were talking about. What did you learn from that experience that you brought uh, back to Ave Maria? Yeah, man. So when I left, uh, UT Tyler's an incredible job. You know, state school, fifteen to twenty thousand students, beautiful arena great resources, great facilities. But the one thing I realized really quick is um, if you're at a place you you love and a place you believe in, you believe in the mission, you believe in the institution, you're aligned with the institution, the mission, that's that's special too. And that's even more special than, than your arena, your resources, the size of your school. So I think more than anything, I had a great experience there. I love living in Tyler in East Texas, loved working there. But I, I realized real quick, like three weeks of then taking the job, like, man, I think I made a mistake. You know, like um, this is a uh, this job just fits me more. Um, you know, my face, very important to me. Um, yeah, it just fits me more. So I, I right. love it here. And I think I kind of learned just don't mess with happy. If you're happy somewhere, you believe in it. Like you don't have to look for the next bigger or better thing. So God's will be done. But, man, I hope to coach here till till I die. You know, I, I love it here. And um, believe in it. And, um, yes, I think that's what I learned. It's a perfect example of grass isn't always greener on the other side. You're exactly, you're exactly right. To make the big time where you are. Right. Exactly. Coach, what, what are we doing here in the Sun Conference and, uh, in the NAI, but, uh, coach, uh, this is going to be real exciting next couple of weeks, uh, heading into the stretch, uh, of conference play. What's going to be the, the message to, to your team, uh, especially after uh, your first Sun Conference loss to a really good Florida Memorial team, uh, uh, this, this Wednesday. Yeah, we just need to be who we are, do what we do, and stay true to the process. You know, we can't be uh, result like last night, for example. Like they kind of punched, we uh, picked a bad night to have a bad night, and they kind of punched us in the mouth. And and tell you what, they're a heck heck of a team as well. So against you, got to play your A game, and we definitely did not. And a lot of that is because of them. So we, yeah, we gotta we gotta move on and uh, forget about that, and just say, hey, you know, this is day one of prep for St. Thomas. Tomorrow's day two of prep, and just stay true to who we are, true to the process. And then, um, and when adversity does hit, you know, we got to stay together and we can't run from it or isolate or separate. We got to stay together when adversity hits. Cause like I talked about earlier, everybody's going to lose games in this league. It's too competitive. It's too good. So we just got to stay the course uh, regardless of the results. Yes, sir. Great message. Uh, coach, really appreciate you uh, taking time. A really busy day and uh, obviously right in the middle of co conference play. Huge one against St. Thomas. Good luck this weekend throughout the rest of the season. Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, Reagan. We'll see you. See ya.